the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hey, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Rescuers Radio Show. And uh, happy to have the, our worldwide audience uh, engaged today uh, to hear a, uh, a very special guest today. And I'll in- introduce him in just a second. But remember that uh, Rescuers Radio Show airs every Thursday at 5.30 p.m., at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. After that, it goes into the podcast stream, and you can find that almost anywhere. Just just uh, Google um, or whatever your favorite uh, way to get into the Internet is, Rescuers Radio Show. And I have with me today a gentleman that uh, is quite doing quite uh, great things around the country, uh, Mark Pilzewite. Mark, hello. Hi, How'd Art. I do? Uh, Plitz of white, but yeah, close enough. Plitz of white. Okay. Yeah, Plitz of white. And um, uh, Mark is the president and CEO of EdKey Incorporated, which has a family of K through 12 schools. And they're referred to as uh, Sequoia, right? The... Uh, Sequoia is one of our brands, okay. correct. All yes. right. You, you have different... Different brands. Different, okay. Yep, different brands under that and under the Ed Key title. Before we get started on the business side of what you do, let's let's talk about you personally. How did you get here? A little backstory on Mark. So uh, this is my 27th year in education. Um, I have um, been in leadership roles for the last 25 years. Um, my my big focus has always been what's best for kids and making sure that all of our staff have that exact same mentality that. We take a look every day, and we just ask ourselves, how are the children? I have held roles um, teaching in a classroom all the way up to now the CEO of uh, Ed Key, Inc. Wow. Very good. So um, we've heard uh, you're, you're, you're not a native Arizonan, though, right? I'm a transplant, From just like most where? people. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yes. A you lot of family You don't have there. that little accent, though, like uh, a Dutch or whatever that is. It'll, it'll come out eventually. <laughs> it'll come out. <laughs> And you you migrated to warmer weather, that's for sure. And then you were in Colorado between that? Yes. Between so, yeah, I was, I was Wisconsin, Arizona, Colorado, and then back here to Arizona. Yeah, good. So uh, how did you find Arizona first, and then how did you get yourself into the school business? Well, my parents actually moved down here uh, when I was at the uh, end of my college career. So um, just moved back down here to see to be with them. Uh, and then they ended up leaving and going back to the Midwest again. So um, and I stayed. I stayed around. So with your whole background in um, education, somebody found you, though. 
Yes. Yeah, somebody <laughs> found me. Somebody shoved me here. Let's just put it that way. How did that work? Um, I, you know, I, I'm still not sure how I got into this position that I'm in currently, but um, I, I'm, you know, blessed beyond measure to be able to work with the, the students here in the state of Arizona uh, and make sure that everyone is getting the education that they, they deserve and that they need so that they can be, you know, better citizens uh, at the end of the day. So um, the school, you own a chain of, of schools, and we'll, we're, we'll get around that in just a moment. But uh, so after, uh, what was your field of education before? So I actually have a uh, bachelor's degree in psychology from Wisconsin Lutheran College in Milwaukee. Okay. And I have a master's degree in education administration from the University of Phoenix here, uh, here in Arizona. Yeah. Um, and then I have done doctoral work through Fielding Graduate Institute. Nice. So uh, through some connections here or people finding you, uh, this is how you got into the charter schools that you have. I, I guess they're all charter schools, yes, right? Yes, they okay. are. They're, they're all public charter schools. And you have how many? So there are 26 individual schools and programs, each with their own individual mission and vision. Uh, we serve everything from high-end athletes um, that are ready to go Division One NCAA or right into the NBA um, to homeless populations, to deaf and hard of hearing. We have emotionally disabled programs. Uh, and we also work with uh, a group that helps out with um, um, rescuers or survivors of uh, sex trafficking. Mm. Well, and we in Arizona hear a lot about that. Yeah. Too much, actually, but yep. too much of it going on. So uh, we've got we've got comfortable time here this morning. So I want to talk to you. I want to go deep into some of these twenty six schools. They can't all be alike, or are they similar or territorially wise around the state? There there has to be some differences and and challenges that you've met. Yeah, they're all, they're all different. Every one of our schools serves a unique population. Uh, one of the things that sets EdKey apart from some of the other uh, charter operators that are out there is we don't have a specific model for the communities that we serve. Instead, what we do is we ask the communities, what model do you want? What's going to be the most benefit for the students that live here? Um, I, I like to say we aren't cookie cutter mm-hmm. in any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. And so, um, you know, a prime example would be asking a student from our Children First Leadership Academy, which is downtown, uh, stu- those students may have never left the Phoenix metro area. You ask them, where, where are you most likely to see a boat? And they'll <laughs> tell you on the freeway. Oh, my gosh. Because they've never been out to a lake. They've never seen that. They know it belongs on oh. a lake, but, but uh, because they've never been out of the valley, they, that would be the appropriate answer for them. They'd yeah. see it on the road. And are all the schools K through 12? Uh, not all of them. Okay. So we have different models. We have K-6 schools. We have K-8 schools. We have 7-12 schools. We have 9-12 schools. Um, we have online options. We have hybrid options. Uh, <laughs> you, you name it, whatever whatever we can do to make sure that um, all of the students in Arizona have an opportunity to be served and, uh, and grow in their educational journey. So I certainly hear what you're saying and understand what you're saying because uh, it, it can't be one size fits all because you're in small towns, you're on medium towns, bigger, you know, here in the valley. Tell us a little bit about, about how that works. So, you know, when we talk to community leaders and we find out what kind of models they're looking for, you know, what kind of educational opportunities they're looking for for their, their students, um, I, I'll get a different answer 
AFIM 30 miles north and uh, east of Winslow, Arizona, out in the middle uh, of Navajo land. Mm -hmm. And and they'd give me a different answer as to what they're looking for versus if I go to a more affluent area, uh, you know, maybe um, Las Sendas out in Mesa or Eastmark in Mesa, where um, those families are looking for STEAM or specific um, language arts types programs. Yeah. So it, it just, every one of them is completely different and very unique. So you, you, you just mentioned a, a few minutes ago that it's all over the board, the kind of students that you have uh, from those that need a safe place or they, or they're, they don't know the state or even where they, surroundings of where they are, uh, to, to native uh, communities. That's a wide stretch and a wide breadth there. So let's kind of knock that out, and and because you you already pointed out it's not a it's not the same. There's no not the world of sameness, right? Right. So uh, there's a lot of work that goes into this to to actually. So you meet with community leaders, uh, tribal leaders, wherever that is to find the perfect uh, fit and the needs, right, of the community. Absolutely, yeah, right. and it's it's really driven by. Uh, parents, yeah. you know, having having the trust of parents and them being vocal enough in the community saying, hey, listen, you know, we need we need this change. We need we need something that's different than what's than what's out there. So um, I'm very fortunate and again, blessed to have such an amazing team that works with me uh, to be able to make sure that we are providing all of these opportunities for these uh, students in whatever community uh, is asking for a school. Yeah. So is EdKia Corporation here in Arizona, or do, you, do they have schools elsewhere? We are a uh, nonprofit, 501c3, here, okay. uh, exclusively operating in Arizona. Um, we have been approached by a couple other states and actually internationally wow. at this point to uh, possibly provide some educational opportunities for uh, students around the world. Uh, but we have not made that jump yet. Uh, we're, we're still, <laughs> That's a lot of work. Yeah, we're still trying, we're, we're still trying to craft, uh, you know, make sure that we're crafting exactly what our students here in Arizona need first before we uh, try to uh, figure out what uh, is needed in other parts of the country or the world. Yeah, and, and you're getting a lot of uh, different flavors, of course, from community needs and, and where the kids come from, what kind of background and those kinds of things, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, um Tell us a little bit about because we just we just in about sixty seconds heard the gamut from homeless to uh, needing a safe place because of human trafficking possibly to um, a lot knowledge base what what's needed um, walk us through that I mean how do you possibly without being a one size that fits all you have to take a lot of time a lot of effort to meet the community players, who, who are they? What are they looking for, right? Yeah, and, and we do. So we do vet uh, programs before they come in. I mean, we've, we've said no to quite a few uh, recently just because they weren't, they, they weren't uh, a model that we were really interested in helping out with. And, you know, we wished them luck and, you know, try to help them find yeah. someone else that they could, uh, you know, possibly partner with or that would have a school that would meet their needs. But, uh, you know, it's really all about we have the economies of scale within our organization. We have the diversity and the uniqueness all the way across that there's always pieces and parts that we can take from the different programs and get it to work into what the communities need. There's no, there's, I'm not going to say there's nothing we haven't seen yet, but we have the bases covered when it comes to 
you know, what language arts program, what math program, um, what extracurriculars, whether it's art, uh, dance, um, whether it's athletics, um, whether it's culinary, whatever it is, we have a school that has something like that already. So we can take that model then and kind of alter it to fit the needs of those specific communities that are looking for it. Wow. So you, you've got uh, those assets of program, from a programmatic standpoint to fit any of those needs. Yeah, 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 pretty much, pretty much anything that parents are asking us for, we can we can deliver on. Uh, you know, no guarantees, obviously, yeah. because some some asks are a little uh, <laughs> a little a little far out there sometimes. Right. But but you know, we'll we'll do what we can to make sure that we're you know we're re- very responsive to community needs. Yeah. So from a from an overall philosophical standpoint, how do you how do you meet all of these needs, and how do you plant new schools or or are you moving into existing buildings? For the most part, you're not rebuilding brand new, right? We do both. Okay. Yeah, so we do both. So uh, we get approached by maybe some smaller charter operators yeah. that are that are looking at um, needing economies of scale, and we can step in and help them out uh, within existing buildings. Uh, but we also do build our own. So we, you know, we make sure that uh, you know if there's an elementary school that if the parents are saying, "Hey, listen, you know, we love your program so much. Let's get a high school out here too." Yeah. We're very responsive to that, and we're actually, you know, in the you process. You have of, high schools? You're, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah full size gymnasiums, full size athletics, <laughs> all all the, all the good stuff. That, that's all under the umbrella of EdKey. Correct. EdKey uh, Inc. So I understand that you. Um, you have some schools that deal with uh, children with disabilities. Uh, we've, we've just scratched the surface of life hardships. Uh, please, please share all of this and, and how this and how the students in those situations are cared for. So, you know, again, it's, you know, what's best for students? We just, we, we have to keep our mind on what's best for students. You know, ask yourself, how are the children uh, when, yeah. it, when it comes down to it? And, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that we um, we can do, let's say, for our homeless homeless students, is make sure that we get them to school. Mm. Um, you know, changing our bus routes that could you know, be a day to day situation, right? Absolutely. The, you know, and and homelessness has a different face now. Um, you know, a lot of people think of you know individuals out on the streets, mm-hmm. um, but you know there are homeless shelters. There are um, uh, you know shelters for abused women. Uh, that they take their kids with them. So we, you know, we make sure that any of these students that are that are out there, that we um, find them. We find them and we get them to school. Yeah. And uh, so that's a big challenge there. You know, another another big challenge we have is with our deaf and hard of hearing students. You know, making sure that we have the interpreters, making sure that our our teachers um, are fluent in sign, and making sure that you know we're following all the. Um, IEPs and all the requirements you know, that you know that the parents want and need for their children, and so you know it, it comes with its challenges. But then again, you know if you have the right people in the right places to do the right things, you really don't have to worry about it. And that's and that's really what we have at EdKey. And that speaks to your uh, philosophy of of taking all of this in, right? Absolutely. Is there a is there a uh, is there a step by step criteria for the the company to to first go in and address this, or it's just le- learn as we go about that community and what the needs are. Yeah, I'm, if we go in with preconceived notions as to what the community might want, we yeah. don't hear them. Right. So we go in blinders on yeah. and say, "Tell us what you need. Yeah. Tell us what you need." And and even with our existing schools, tell us what we can do better. 
Yeah. You know, we ask for that kind of feedback um, every year from our parents. We ask it from our staff. You know, what can we do to make sure that, again, we're meeting the needs of every one of these communities that we serve? So um, and that can be a long stretch if you're looking for ways to, to uh, comfort and supply to children of disabilities, whatever those are, hearing, we've already talked about. But, my gosh, how, you just reach out into that community and find people to help with that? Or it all comes from within your company? Both. Okay. Both. So uh, we do like to look at, uh, you know, making sure that we're taking care of the people that work for the organization first and foremost. Yeah. And, you know, promote from within if we can. Uh, but at the same time, we like to, uh, you know, always if we're looking for help, you know, we, we run our ads to, to get staff in and, uh, and, and, and make sure that they're, they're a good fit for the culture and climate of the specific schools. Mm-hmm. If you were to go around and, and uh, talk to our principals, you can tell that they are the fit for that community and for that school. Um, I've heard it from people from the outside who have come in all the time. They're like, how did you find someone that met that exact criteria for that school? <laughs> it's not easy. No, it, it's, it's, it's not, it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, especially when you, when you get that feedback from people that, uh, that, that recognize it. Yeah. Uh, this is the Rescuers uh, radio show. If you're late coming in uh, from our audience, uh, uh, um, I'm talking to Mark uh, Philza White, who uh, is the CEO of Ed Key Incorporated, running um, 26 schools. 26 schools and programs. So, yeah, yeah there, there are programs that are underneath those schools. So they aren't exactly, you know, brick and mortar buildings. Yeah, okay. um, so they're, you know, one of my schools has four different programs in it. Such so, as? Uh, so that would be the Children First Leadership Academy. So we have our, um, the, that population is about 80% homeless. Um, and that's, that's the one that we have all the transportation and we're going around to find them. But then we have the Black Mothers Forum that we work with. And they run micro schools out of our school, which are, you know, little pods of about 7 to 10 kids with a, with a teacher or a guide. Uh, and then we have our emotionally disabled program in that building as well. So we're the only charter operator that has an EDP uh, specific program. And uh, we also have a high school that runs out of that same building for um, students that uh, need need an online option. Um, you know, maybe they're working, you know, maybe they can only attend part days, but we have that running in that building as well. My goodness. Uh, And and how in the world did you do you go about staffing? I mean, the staffing issue must be huge with this many uh, locations and different different needs, different everything from the principal right on down, I would think. Yeah, and we're not we're not immune to some of those to some of those needs. Yeah. The the best part for us though is that we are building consistency with keeping staff. Mm-hmm. And so we have probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 95 to 97% retention of teaching staff and and that the biggest need is really bus drivers. Bus drivers are, are that's that's the biggest shortage that you just don't wow. hear about so much. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about the teacher shortage. Well, we got to get the kids to school, yeah. and so the bus driver shortage is actually uh, greater than the teacher shortage for our organization. Yeah. And if you're talking about rural parts of Arizona, it's even more difficult. Absolutely, more mileage, more everything. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how you serve the native uh, communities. Okay, 
you you have some locations of your schools in in those situations, right? We do, yes, yeah. So um, you know we're very fortunate to work with uh, the the community of uh, Bird Spring, which is like I said, about thirty miles north and west, uh, north and east. I'm sorry, of Winslow, Arizona. So anybody want to pull that up on a map? Feel free to. It's, That's still Arizona. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Um, but uh, it's a little community called Little Singer. And uh, we we have a seven to twelve program. Is that in the Snowflake area, Taylor? Um, no. So I do have schools in Snowflake, and I do have a school in Linden okay. as well. Actually, the school school in, in Snowflake is actually in a little area called Belly Button. Okay. So it's right in between <laughs> Snowflake and Taylor. Of course, it would be yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right okay. smack in the middle. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, just serving some of those smaller communities like that. Um, and these are tribal communities. So Snowflake and uh, Snowflake and Linden are not. Yeah. But they do. Have have a few students that uh, native students that do attend there, right. as well as in our Camp Verde and our Cottonwood campuses. Um, those are the American Heritage Academies. Yeah. Um, they have uh, some native students that attend in those populations as well. But um, you know, Little Singer is completely different. It's it's all on its own up there. Um, these are these are students that um, can stay in their communities and go to school instead of being sent out sometimes to um, you know out of state. For high school options, just like the you know down in Havasupai, same thing, yeah, bottom right. of the Grand Canyon. Right. Uh, you know, it's a K eight down there, and yeah. once they once they're done with uh, eighth grade, they have to go out to Colorado, Oklahoma, or California for school. Oh, uh, but we pr- we've provided them an option for the students to stay there as well. Yeah. So I would I would think you'd have to work through the council governments, and they work with you. Uh, just asking how the how all that gets put together. Yeah, so uh, normally it's the school boards. Okay. So there are school boards. Uh, there's the grant side, which is usually the elementary, mm. and then there's the 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 board side, which is uh, the high school. You know, late junior high, seventh on up. Yeah. Um, and so we work more with the boards than we do with the leader tribal leadership, and. Um, every now and then we get called in to have conversations uh, just to make sure that we're, that, you know, that we're abiding by what their regulations are. If you can, share with our audience uh, one or two examples of going from dark to light in one of your schools. Wow. Um, you know, we see that every day. Yeah. We we really do. Um uh, I can give you a couple examples. I think the first example I'll give you no is, names. Just yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you an situations. example. Just um, you know, we I took a team down into the bottom of the Grand Canyon to have a supai uh, and uh-huh. and to uh, see what was going on there because we heard that there were some suicides uh, that were going on. Um, students, if you've ever been in the bottom of the Grand Canyon, you've, you've hiked to the. Uh, have soup by falls. I have uh, not, oh, unfortunately. And I've well, been in Arizona a long time, but I yeah. just, I've been to Grand Canyon a lot, but never down in. Yeah. So if you ever get the opportunity, it's absolutely yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous down there. But uh, the walls, I was down there for, I believe about four hours with a, with a team and the walls literally feel like they're falling in on you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you, you, you just get, you almost get used to it. Um, I'm assuming if you're living there, you get used to it. But for those of us that are visiting, it just, I mean, the walls are really just on top of you. And so the students, um, down there have to leave their, what they, all they know mm-hmm. and go out to, you know, Cal, like I said, California, Colorado, mm-hmm. Oklahoma for uh, their high school years. And they were having, um, some issues with, with students attempting suicide or committing suicide, uh, mm-hmm. because they didn't want to leave. Is it a claustrophobic thing or is it... The, the light of day gets shorter, right? Absolutely, with those tall yep, canyon absolutely. walls. But I think I, I think it's more their comfort. This is this is what they know. They don't they don't like leaving, 
And so, um, you know, we were, we were very fortunate to find a, a student, a couple students there that had needed one or two classes. They were high school students, and they were like, you know, one of them was like, I'm just going to work the helicopter pad for the rest of the, the rest of my life and not get <laughs> not take that last class. Yeah. Well, you know, fortunately, um, they have high-speed Internet down there, so we were able to provide them uh, uh, coursework through choice so that they didn't have to leave to go out just to get that one class or two classes. And now we have a couple students every year, you know, maybe one, uh, that just wants to stay there and, and just do their work and not, not have to worry about traveling. Um, another another uh, great story is uh, our Children First Leadership Academy, which is in downtown Phoenix, 16th Street, Mojave. And uh, that's the one that uh, the, the Children First Leadership Academy itself is about 80% homeless population, homeless, and, and there's a lot of special education needs there as well. So um, just just seeing the transition, and we just got our test scores in, test scores are better than they've ever been oh under the new leadership that we have there. So, you know, just very, very proud uh, of what those students are accomplishing. So um, I just got my, my two-minute warning here. So <laughs> you just received a, a great award of achievement, achievement from the uh, education community. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, so, yeah, I was selected as one of the um, winners for the Excellence in Education Award through, uh, it's called GFEL, Global Forum for Education and Learning. And uh, I, I think it's just a testament. My name's on the award, but that's really an Edgy Award. You know, and I, you don't do what you do for awards. No. Uh, but, but, it's, but it's nice to know that someone's watching and knowing what you're doing, right? Right. And, and I think the main reason that we were selected is because when COVID shut everything down, we were able to transition all of our schools over into a, a hybrid uh, online model uh, within a week. And a lot of schools weren't able to do that just because we, we already had the online model uh, effectively working. Wow. Um, so what if someone listening today or listening to this, uh, this program um, someone in our audience, what if they want more information about the schools and, and how to get children involved? Who do they contact? How do you go through that process? So we can be found at uh, edkey.org. It's E-D-K-E-Y dot org. Um, I can be reached directly at um, edkey underscore CEO on Twitter. And we also have all of our Facebook pages out there, whether they're under the Sequoia brand or under edkey. Well, Mark, Pitsuwait. How about I do? Yeah, close enough. <laughs> close enough. It took me till eighth grade to get it right. So, <laughs> Well, you certainly are a rescuer, and God bless you and all you do. Thank you. Blessed beyond measure. Thank you. Re- uh, the Rescuers Radio Show airs every Thursday at 530 at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And then you find us on the uh, Internet through podcast. God bless. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.